Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the Best in These podcast. You're here with your host Craig and Sam. Sam, how are you doing today? I'm very well, thank you. Happy to be here. It's um, it's an interesting one, Sam. We're in the middle of summer. It's been a great time with sport going on in the city, not just football, but loads of bits and pieces with like the triathlon and all these events. I mean, mm-hmm. the sun's been out and shining. There's a real feel-good factor in the city at the minute. Yeah, definitely. I think the, the heat wave, as much as we're all starting to do the British thing of complaining now that we're all too hot and it's too much and we don't like it, I think it has made... Um, Definitely the June and the start of July are a bit cheerier, a lot more people outside, the beer gardens are getting used, but there's just generally more people in town, it's lovely. Exactly, and I can't actually remember the last time it rained, um, which no. is interesting. And slightly worrying considering the grass fires, but you know, we'll just hold out. We'll forget about them for now, they've not come quite here yet, it's fine. No, we'll be fine. Not, a lot, not much grass to catch fire in Leeds, City Centre. we should be fine. And no, and um, as we are in the thick of the summer, we've got some great events coming up for you this, uh, this podcast that we're going to preview. Um, the first one to start with, which I think is a really cool thing, it's um, the new um, gaming cafe open in the city centre. It's above Meat Liquor, it's called uh, Press Start. Mm-hmm. And it's great. I went down to meet the team there, um, Steve, and basically every console you can think of in your youth is there. You know, you've got your snares, you've got your uh, N64, you've got your Mega Drive, obviously all kinds of Playstations and Xboxes and various different arcade games as well. And honestly, Sam, I was there and I didn't really want to leave, to be fair. No, I was going to say, listen to a little bit of the interview, which we'll play for you in a second, but you do sound very excited to be there. I <laughs> like, was very excited. Like you walked back into your teenage bedroom. It's weird, because when we did the interview, I, I know sometimes you could maybe be overly enthusiastic for something you're not that enthusiastic about. Yeah. I genuinely was really enthusiastic about it. I kept thinking, I sound like a madman here. Like, I need to be just like... This guy's like, okay, Craig, you need to leave. Get out of the, get out of the cafe. I, mean, I, I would say I sounded as enthusiastic about it as he did. And it's like, but it's his, it's, you know, it's his leading yeah. to it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I mean, the thing is, it's lovely to see it get a permanent home. I know Steve Smith has been doing stuff with retro events for a while. Like he said, he's been doing them in the city and one-off yeah. games. Do, yeah, a lot, like a lot of um, Belgrave, I think. Yeah, yeah. Belgrave had a fair few. So I think for him to get like a permanent base now, and um, it did make me laugh the line about it being somewhere to drop off your other half while you go shopping. <laughs> it's probably true, if I, if I was like, right, I'm going to go shopping, you just stay here and play <laughs> on this. I think my other half would be absolutely thrilled. Um, but yeah, no, it sounds like a really cool guy. So yeah, we've got a bit of an interview from when Craig went down and tried to move in to uh, press start, so we'll take a listen. Uh, I'm Steve Smith, I'm a director of Retro Events and um, I'm the new uh, press start gaming zone. So Steve, I've just had a little quick tour around. It looks amazing. I mean, for someone like me as a big gamer, it's a, it's quite, it's quite a thing. Um, what was the idea behind it? Why did you want to do it? Uh, okay, well, essentially, um, for the last four or five plus years, I've been running gaming events in Leeds. Mm. So I've been running events where people can buy old games, um, increase your collections, and then we're doing regular gaming nights at other venues. And and uh, opportunity came up to have a little city centre permanent base. So we can do stuff every weekend as opposed to doing once every two months. Yeah. So I thought, you know what, let's give it a go. Let's stick loads of old games and consoles on and uh, let's spread the word. And Yeah, exactly. I mean, you say loads, there is a lot there, isn't there? <laughs> Quite a bit. What, what is, uh, what, what's the pride of your collection? I guess tell us what you've got and what, what really stands out for you as well. Okay, so at the moment I think we've got about 16 setups in that. Mm. 
So we've got um, uh, got a NES, NES, N64, GameCube, uh, Xbox, Xbox 360, PS1, PS2, PS3, Mega Drive. Um, what else we got? <laughs> Uh, we've got a, a few bar-top arcades, and we've got a Tech and Tag arcade machine as well. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, you, you were saying one of your friends helped build that then? Yeah, he's a guy who sells at all my shows, actually, um, with the other, the other sales players. And he builds bar-top arcades and sticks boards in there with, like, 500, 600 plus games. So he built, a te- he got the Tekken arcade board and built a cabinet around it. <laughs> and I bet you've had, like, people just coming for hours and just really yeah. from console to console, machine to machine. Yeah, uh, I mean, because at the minute, we do like a pay to play for an hour uh, but most people come in and by the time your hour is gone you've probably got around four games yeah, if exactly. that so some of like the bar to arcades one of them's got like 800 games on I think um, like the NES Mini you know it's got 20, 30 plus games on it and you know so each machine has got a lot and we've got a library of hundreds of discs as well yeah I saw I saw cause I, I came down uh, last weekend and stuff a quick look before we met yeah and I saw I think one of your colleagues in there sort of showed me the massive stack of discs I mean there's yeah. a lot there isn't there yeah there's a lot to get through <laughs> if you want to and um, I guess it's a game for yourself what what um, sort of sticks out for you what are your favorite games what do you like to play uh, my favorite games um, to be honest I don't get a chance to play many games at the minute yeah. I'm too busy organizing events <laughs> Uh, so all I ended up to do is just test a console, make sure it works, it makes the game work, then put it in a pile, then we'll stick it out for someone else to play. Uh, but uh, my favourite game, I've not got it here, but it's a game called Chucky Egg. I don't know if you've ever I've, played I've, it. I've not, I think maybe way back when I played it, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I got it when I was, I think it was four, <laughs> when it came out. Um, so that, but then other, like Street Fighter 2, you know, for me. Exactly. Street Fighter 2, any of the Street Fighter series, I can just play them for hours. And um, obviously being based just above Meat Liquor, is that quite a nice sort of combo for yourself as well? I think so. I mean, I really like the venue. I like the, the, the people here are really nice. The food's really cool. You know, the ambience in there is, you know, because we, um, we do a regular event at the Belgrave. Yeah. And it's a similar kind of vibe to that place, you know. There's never any trouble in there. It's, you know, it's not that kind of venue where people sit and have a drinking session or anything like that. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a really chilled out space. So what we find is people walk in, coming for a meal and then let's just stop and go oh my god I used to have one of them oh, uh, right uh, and then they'll turn to the other half and go can I, can I, can I come and play like, just order my food I'll be down in you know and that's the nice thing I guess isn't it I mean I'm sure you've got obviously newer things there as well but I yeah. guess it's that nostalgia feeling as well like you say exactly yeah. I mean, if, like for argument's sake I loved the, the game Road Rash growing up yeah uh, on Mega Drive and like if you had that I would sit and play for hours you know what I mean that kind of thing oh, I, could put it, I could put it on for you <laughs> <laughs> that's the full day gone for me <laughs> um, and that must be great for you though, wasn't it I guess it is tapping into that sort of that retro nostalgia type feel yeah. as well I guess I mean it's, it's kind of cool again isn't it I suppose you know like I found with old games and things a lot of these I've had since I was a little kid myself yeah, yeah. that I've put in there uh, and it, it's kind of back in fashion again, you know. I mean, I did an event recently where we put a history of gaming session on um, for an event in uh, for company in Dublin, and it was just full of loads of five, six, seven-year-olds who were just going, "Oh my God, what's that?" Playing on BBCs, and, and you know, and one of the kids just said, uh, "Sega Rally," it was, and he just said, "I've learned a lesson today." that games can look crap but they still play really well <laughs> when I was growing up Sega Rally was the game <laughs> it was when it came out it was the best looking game yeah, was, exactly, yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing is that I mean again just touching on that nostalgia thing I mean for I say I've got a PS4 but I think for me now 
it's a lot of like maybe playing the older games when I was, you know, when I was a kid. It's like, yeah. oh, wow, I really want to play that again. You yeah. know? Which is quite nice. I think, and I think that's the good thing is that you've probably got maybe younger kids who want to obviously try some of all these games up. But I guess you've got people like like myself who maybe think, yeah, why not spend the hours yeah. you just doing this? Yeah, well, a lot of kids today as well, they'll come on in and um, they've probably never played the original Mario Brothers, but yeah. they'll play Mario Odyssey or something. Yeah, and because exactly, yeah. the controls are literally just up, down, left, right, <laughs> jump and run, you know, anyone can pick them up and play. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, it's funny when you get a kid come in and you ask him to choose his character on Street Fighter and starts tapping the screen, <laughs> trying to swipe or yeah, exactly. moving the joypad like a steering wheel, that's quite fun. <laughs> and, um, and Steve, um, if people want to come down and find more about you, can you tell us roughly how much it costs and uh, yeah, sure. like where, where they can find you as well? Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, so we're based above uh, Meat Liquor Restaurant, which is on Bank Street. So it's just on the back end of the Trinity Centre, uh, behind Victoria's Secrets. So um, just down, tucked away a little bit down the little alleyway. Um, but what we do is it's pay to play. So we do £3 an hour per person, and that gets you access to absolutely everything there is in there. So you don't pay for each machine or anything like that. Literally, just pay three quid, play as much as you want for that hour. Or if you want two hours, it's a fiver. Or what? If you want to spend the entire day, then it's a tenner. We'll give you a wristband. You can come and have a game, go to the pub, do some shopping, come back, have another game. You know, sounds like the best tenner ever. Yeah, so it's kind of flexible. You know, I know that perfect for you know uh, if you're there shopping with your other half and you don't want to sit outside yeah, the exactly. changing room all day yeah. <laughs> uh, down here for a bit and i guess go for like parties as well potentially as well yes. kind of thing. yeah we've had a couple of stag parties in there that's been a good laugh mm. and you know we're doing it we'll be doing it soon where you can hire it out for private booking so awesome. if you want a birthday party there or a stag party yeah. or like right, getting towards christmas that kind of thing a bit of a different yeah. christmas type or a yeah stag party yeah. Uh, i mean a company night out anything at all we can we can do it we can Lock the space off for you as well. No, we do uh, we do like weekly challenges and uh, tournaments and like Saturday, uh, Sunday coming up. We're doing everything's a fighting game. Oh, so a special one-off, three quid for the entire day's access to uh, tons and tons of one-on-one fighting games. Street Fighter Tech and that kind yeah, of yeah, exactly. And uh, can they find you online as well? Can they find you online as well? Yeah, website uh, press-start.co.uk. And then on social media, um, it's Press Start Leads on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Great. Thank you very much for getting us down. Ah, nice one, man. Cheers. Thank you. So that was the new gaming cafe based in the city centre above the Meat Liquor restaurant. Sam, mm-hmm. honestly, I know we alluded to it a minute or two back, but I really loved it. And I want to go there and just have some fun and just, yeah. you know, have a night out there, effectively. Mm-hmm. Is that something about your street? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, uh, my boyfriend uh matt gardner is a big gamer name check there full, full oh, name no. check. yeah i'm shaming him no he's very proud um he absolutely loves it he runs um uh, in fact he runs a retro games website called game tripper mm. uh gametripper.co.uk if you fancy he knows it but he's all about particularly at the minute just looking back at those games that really shaped his childhood and stuff like that so i know he'll definitely be there and i i mean i grew up i've got two brothers and a sister so i think the when we we got a playstation for christmas and after that it was nothing but crash bandicoot Tekken, a uh, bit of Tomb Raider, um, WWF wrestling, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I loved it as a kid. I not so much anymore. Um, I'll leave that to Matt. Matt doesn't look the two of us, I think. But yeah, I think that the ones that can just remind you of your childhood and just how magical it all was. But then, especially I remember when the first PlayStation came out, that just seemed yeah. like some sort of magic. Like, what is this? Well, I remember when the first PlayStation came out. So I think it was probably about ninety-seven. Matt will probably correct me if you listen. Oh, but yeah. I think it was like, I think it was like ninety-seven, <laughs> and I. Um, I got one for Christmas, and I remember like I went out and Santa was there. I guess I, <laughs> I went out and um, we bought the PlayStation, and I think my mum and dad were like, 
cricket tells really excited. They say it was like November time. Like, you can yeah. have one game on it now, and oh we're going to wrap God. it up, and then you get it back at Christmas yeah. time. And I think I've played a Formula One game. I played it for hours and hours and hours. <laughs> and like I loved Formula One as well as a kid. So it was like it was, it was yeah. great for me. It's like wow, I'm actually in the car and all this sort of yeah. stuff. It's amazing. And, and it's funny you mentioned that thing about. And I think obviously Matt would know about this, and obviously Steve when we spoke to him. For me, it's that nostalgia thing. I still play games now, but mostly yeah. I would play. I play like sort of football games with mm-hmm. my friends as a sort of social thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't really play much by myself as much anymore. But no. when I was a kid, like some of my fondest memories of growing up were like. Um, first game I remember playing really was uh, which is one of my favourite games still was Road Rash and, uh, and um, I played God. that on the Mega Drive and I used to it was my uncles who were probably about I don't know teenage to early 20s mm. at the time and I used to go around to my grand's house and they would be playing and basically obviously I grew up in Manchester probably some of the listeners may or may not know but um, we was we used to sit in their room and like they'd have on like the Smiths and they'd have on like New Order and all these like Manchester <laughs> bands and I like, used to play place oh, like, Mega Drive sorry in their room for hours and it was really cool like yeah. I was shaped like, your entire person yeah basically in that yeah, room so, in Manchester. so yeah so they've got they've got a lot to uh, answer for really, <laughs> I guess no it sounds really good I think it was something um, and I think just as something just for like they said they've had a couple of stag do's in yeah. I think it's such a great option for that particularly later in the year when maybe the weather's not so great and it's not the glorious weather we have now um, I think just because even if like you say just pay for an hour get around have a tournament with your mates yeah, or exactly. do your favourite games and leave um, so yeah really reasonably priced as well yeah and it's pretty cheap isn't it and, and, and if you're a customer meat liquor obviously can pop up if you want to like, you know, either before or after your meal go and pop up and have a quick yeah, game yeah it's you know. really I think having it attached to meat liquor is such a good idea yeah. because it's like double whammy isn't it you know we'll go to the game cafe and then we'll go for some food afterwards or and that's the thing it's isn't really it it's, it makes quite it's even taking away like the sort of stag element thing say you Got a couple of friends for an evening. It is you got you even out in one roof, haven't you? I guess. Yes, definitely. You know, spend a few hours there. No, I think it sounds really good. Best of luck to Steve, and I'm sure my other half will be dragging me down there very soon. I sure the team out there probably. Yeah, look out for the Leeds live team shouting at each other over a PlayStation yeah. game like leverage from Street Fighter or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, nobody talking at work the next day. Taking out the sort of bits of passive aggressive favourite <laughs> in there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. It's cathartic. Yeah. We, won't, we won't have team meetings anymore. We'll just, <laughs> we'll just go to the game cafe. It sounds good. Exactly. Uh, and moving onwards to our second feature this week. So um, a really interesting idea and a really serious topic at the same time. Um, we've got this um, the Keep Real event coming up at Hedrow House. It's For anyone who doesn't know, it's um, Keep Real is a sort of campaign for young people uh, to talk about mental health and they're going together at the end of this month to do a big gig and Sam I think I think it's really timely isn't it there's something like this coming up yeah I think obviously mental health and particularly the stigma around it and getting people to open up and talk and know that there's support out there has been one of the biggest themes of the last couple of years yeah. particularly with social media and the different platforms and the different ways that people can connect now um, so I think having something that's Yorkshire focused which is nice something really close to home um, and something that's prepared to just put on these big free events, just giving people a chance to come down, check about, see what they're like. You know, if they're, if they're looking for help, if they're looking for maybe being just tipped in the right direction of who they can talk to, I think it's really good to have these big public events that and people can just go to. And I think it's really cool, like you said, that free element to it, because from the interview in a minute or so, um, there's no pressure, you know, you're yeah. going, effectively going to a gig, and if while you're there you would like to talk about maybe things that are going on in your life, yeah. you've got that option. And I think that's quite Definitely. nice. It's not, you know, it's not just all of these maybe bland workshop type things which some people yeah. get a bit put off by. Oh, it, they it, feel intimidated by. If they yeah, feel like exactly. they're going to an event where we're going to talk about your mental exactly, health, yeah. like, it might just be overwhelming. They've got the option with Hedrow House to go down, get a pint, watch a few yeah, bands, yeah. meet some people, take some friends with them, and then the options are there. Um, 
And the Keep Real website, which is keepreal.co.uk, they've got a blog on there where people are sharing their experiences. Um, they've got tips on things like mindfulness and um, different sort of aspects of mental health as well. So I think just to raise the profile of the site so that people know it's there for maybe a different time when they're at home and they want to check it out is a really good thing. And, and I think just, um, as you say, it's very timely. I mean, there's been... I think, I think one of the great things is actually that people might have seen with social media, maybe some of their... Um, people they really like some famous people have mm-hmm. very much opened up for the last sort of oh, year or so and, yeah. and I, th- I think maybe I think it maybe made it acceptable to talk about maybe if you've got yeah. an issue or you've got a problem and like you know it's fine to actually but open yeah, up a bit that, more that it's normal and most people do yeah exactly and more people around you will probably have mental health issues at some point in their life than won't that's the reality now yeah exactly and I mean I mean, I know obviously we've had the, t- the tragic um, death of the Frightened Rabbit uh, lead singer Scott Hutchinson obviously this year as well and I, th- yeah. I mean we, we did talk about briefly with Kimberly who we're going to hear from him about that as well, and I think, I think it's just, I think that was a real eye opener as well. Yeah. You know, because I, I, I guess people have this perfect image of their like pop stars, rock stars, whatever. Maybe they yeah. must have this great life and whatever. But actually, they're yeah, all the same. Yeah, have to be unhappy about or to yeah. struggle with. Well, it's like I mean, the point made. We'll listen to your interview um, with Kim in a minute. But like at one point, when you talk about social media, that idea of it being a platform and not a reality. Yeah. So even outside of the world of celebrity people uh, look at other people's Facebook pages of maybe friends or people they work with and go, oh, look, they're having this amazing yeah. life and they're out all the time. And, and what I think we all forget to remember is that Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, are your, your, they are highlights reels. You're not If you're having a completely average day and you've been to Aldi and now you're cooking yeah, it exactly. bolognese, you're not going to put it on Instagram, right? Well, you might, I don't know. But do you know what I mean? You, you put the best stuff out there. Yeah, so exactly. it's very easy, if, I think, from a, that bubble perspective to kind of go oh god everyone's having an amazing time and I think trying to break that down a bit and make sure you know make people realize that they're not alone and that this is quite common and there's resources is is really important yeah exactly and it sounds like a new, really interesting event so as we say it's taking place at um, Hedrow House on July 27th and here's um, Kimberly to tell you a little bit more about it okay so uh, my name is Kimberly Robinson I'm the founder of Keep Real uh, so Keep Real is a social enterprise on a mission to promote emotional well-being in Yorkshire so we have our one-year anniversary event Friday the 27th of July, and it's at Hedrow House. So it's a free event, um, and it will feature live music from local bands, so Liverpool-based alt-pop, so artist Tom Anderson. We have um, a DIY band uh, that are Leeds-based called Van Houten, and a new pop vocalist. Um, there will also be an opportunity to browse Keep Real merchandise and network with other people in the community and we've also uh, been sponsored by CARB, so that's the Campaign Against Living Miserably, um, who have do- donated free materials to support better mental health uh, during the show and Papyrus as well, so that's the Prevention of Young Suicide. And, and Kimberly, obviously it's a really um, a, a great and worthwhile event and obviously cause, I mean the, the support you must have had over the last year must be amazing I guess. Yes, it's been really incredible, um, I think because we're faced with such uh, huge mental health statistics, especially in Leeds and within Yorkshire itself. Mm. Um, everyone's been getting really on board, so it's been really humbling. Yeah, it's been great. And, and I guess, obviously, as well as you say, it, it seems as well from maybe the outside looking in at people like yourself, so do doing great work like this, that people are a lot more maybe open and talk about talking about the mental health now. Is that something you've noticed? Yeah, completely. So I think with the rise of social media as well, I think we're more accessible to talking to the community and sharing with other people our personal stories. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's definitely on the rise. Uh, I think um, with speaking to some of the bands that have been uh, that will be playing at the show, um, they've even said themselves like they feel like the stigma is completely going down and um, 
that's such a great thing and I think it is because of social media being such a massive part of young people's lives at the moment yeah and, and I think maybe I mean it's something you should respond there but I think maybe in the past people might have seen it as a stigma potentially but actually now it's just we are all human sometimes obviously we're not feeling quite as well as we were I mean people are just a lot more open to talking aren't they I think yeah completely um, you'll find that a lot of people kind of even like YouTube influencers and things like that share their kind of behind the scenes behind the kind of persona mm. um, so it, I think it's definitely helping a lot more young people to kind of get out of the shell a bit more and kind of see social media as being like just a platform and not being reality I think a lot of young people struggle with that so yeah it's completely it's something that people are more willing to talk about now yeah exactly and and, I, and what a great way to obviously mark the anniversary and just have, I guess, have a bit of fun and get a lot of people together as well. I mean, it sounds like it's going to be a great event next month, obviously. Yeah, it's going to be great. Um, I think uh, from when Key Wheel first started, so I did my uh, degree in uh, counselling therapy, I, I knew that I wanted to help people. Mm. Um, but I think Key Wheel is something that's like a bit more of a fresh perspective on mental health that young people can access. Um, so that's why we, um, all the profits from our merch that we sell fund um, educational talks, workshops, and obviously the event uh, at the end of July. And it just gets people together, and it's a bit more uh, music-related, and they can kind of be themselves. Uh, so it should be a fantastic night where people can really feel connected to everyone. Definitely, definitely. And um, you got the bands as well. I mean, tell us a little bit about the artists you're going to be playing. Yeah, so we've got um, we've got indie pop vocalist uh, Adam Taylor, who's going to be the first person that will be playing. Um, he's actually uh, the drummer in a band called the Dunwells, and he has just literally he's just come back from Ibiza. He's just played Ibiza Rocks. Oh wow! Uh, which is amazing. So he's coming to support the event because he's really um, he's quite a mental health advocate himself. And then we have Van Houten. So they uh, all study at Leeds College of Music. Um, so they're like a shoegazy kind of dream pop band. Uh, who will be then supporting Tom Anderson, who is the headliner. Uh, so he's just on his latest UK tour at the moment, and he's um, an alt-pop kind of solo artist that's uh, in Liverpool. So he's going to be the main act. So it should be a fun night full of different kind of music uh, that everyone can really get into. Exactly, and as you say, a great venue as well. And I think maybe it's that nice thing, isn't it? Maybe that subtle message of obviously mental health being such a big part of our lives but actually you know you're doing it in quite a nice way it's a big event as well and like it isn't necessarily the biggest sort of part of the day all day either yeah completely i think with uh, something as uh Hedrow house have been so wonderful in wanting to put this event on uh with me it's, it's been absolutely incredible because mental health it's not really it's spoken in the music scene but i think that um there's no like live music um, events within Leeds that do discuss mental health openly. Um, so we just want to do it in a little bit of a different way. So it's just something that's more accessible to young people instead of um, kind of reaching out for helplines or uh, going to like NHS-related uh, um, kind of support groups and things. So yeah, it's something that is more accessible and people can just like come and hang. And it's completely free as well. So even better that people can just turn up and uh, have a good time yeah absolutely I mean like you say it sort of just normalises things a bit more doesn't it I guess and uh, Kimberly I was going to say if people want to find out a little bit more um, about the event and obviously yourselves where could they go yeah so if you just go on keepreal.co.uk you'll be able to see um, obviously a list of care lines you'll be able to see the merch but also if you click on the events page uh, you'll be able to grab your free tickets as well which are really close to selling out which is absolutely humbling but if you <laughs> get your tickets there that's absolutely incredible Great stuff. Um, thank you for your time and good luck with the event as well. No problem. Thank you so much.
Great stuff. Yeah, so that was Kimberly um, of the Keep Real event, which is coming up at Hedrow House on July 27th. If you want to find out more about it, you can visit their Facebook page, as you mentioned, and obviously the website, which we talked about earlier as well. Yeah. Um, Sam, moving forward to our final feature of this week's edition. Um, it's been five years, Sam. The first Outs Arena has been a part of Leeds City Centre for that period of time, and the big party and the anniversary's come up soon. Oh, my God, they grow up so fast. <laughs> I remember when it was just scaffolding. No. They'll be a terrible teen soon, don't you worry? <laughs> yeah, exactly, when one of the sides just falls off. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Out of protest. Yeah, five years. And it's funny because it's one of those things, like a lot of Leeds, I have this with Trinity as well, where something huge gets built, like Trinity, like the arena and when it's happening you're like oh my god this is so different yeah. and then after a couple of years you forget what was there prior I couldn't tell you what was on the land of the arena now before it if you put a gun to my head I honestly don't remember really? it just feels like it's just always been there I think it sits so nicely in the city that I've just blanked out any pre-era dark years <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was, I was going to say because obviously I didn't I didn't live around the city when it's been built so I mean, Sam, you must have seen, obviously, it's, it's changed the landscape. It's obviously changed Definitely. people's perspectives in the city as well, Yeah, it made a huge difference. Before the arena came to Leeds, uh, if you wanted to see the sign, kind of acts that were touring the arenas, mm. you, I went to the MEN more than anything else. I went over to Manchester. Yeah, that would be the place, I guess, wouldn't it? went to the MEN arena. Manchester, Newcastle, Sheffield, like Sheffield. Yeah, guess, Sheffield, yeah. Hallam is yeah. another one. Um, so, yeah, well, you, it just meant if you were going to see a bigger act, you had to travel, mm. which is, I think is fine, but when you're younger but I think when you're a bit older and you're just wanting you know what I mean I was a teenager what, 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 I was, a nice night out maybe yeah, yeah I spent all my time on trains I didn't care I, yeah. I was at school and have responsibilities but I think now having it in the city just makes it so much more accessible because you can go to something on a Tuesday night and have a great time and go home and get you yeah. know what I mean yeah and back to work the next day whatever yeah, yeah. exactly and I think they, what's really impressive with the arena is how much their lineup has developed since mm. it opened so when you look at the, the just the variety I mean this is an arena that you just see live music in and nothing else they've built this thing purposefully so that you can they can change how it looks so for example i've been there and seen placebo and it's been the standard stage standing seat yeah. format like you would that curve shape just give it nice acoustics yeah, which is yeah. nice but i've also been uh, with my niece to see disney on ice where they literally put um the fly shrink down the middle and they change ways it's very disorienting when you're trying to figure out where you are yeah, exactly, but they, yeah. all the seating changes they do award shows there they have movable walls so they can make it bigger and smaller as they need like it's impressive it's a really like versatile space and that's the thing as you say the last couple of months has been Disney on Ice it's been the um, Strongest Man event yep for the tattoo convention there yeah that was this past week yeah. wasn't it and then even going back uh, after that, like the arena, the um, election was at the arena this the year. The mobile awards as well, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the mobiles is huge. Yeah. The fact that that's coming in Leeds now. So I think because it's a modern arena and because it's been built with that kind of versatility in mind, mm. I think that's what's helped help it bring such a varied programme to Leeds. And, and I think I think one of the other things about it as well is that, I, mean, I know we're going to talk about in a second how it has been in other cities and how maybe mm -hmm. it hasn't been as successful maybe arenas or getting an arena but the thing I really like about um, Leeds Arena I'm not, you know, I've not been to loads and loads of arena gigs um, elsewhere in the country but I've been to obviously Manchester I've been to Liverpool yeah. I've been to like a few of us and like I think what I like about Leeds is like when you get there it actually looks quite appealing yeah it does I think, I think sometimes with arenas they don't always look great no. And um, actually, with Leeds, I, lo I love the way the lights and the way it's all set up and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I think that the biggest difference is that round shape, isn't yeah. it? Um, because you look at, like, the MEN, which is a great arena, but it's it's very much in the traditional square yeah, kind exactly, of, yeah. do you know what I mean? There's this argument with um, the Leeds arena that there isn't a bad seat because it's got that curved yeah. effect. And, and it's like, a week, I went to see Fight the Concords uh, a couple of weeks ago, and... Um, 
that that fan shape does help. We were right at the back. We were on like I think the first tier, but right on the back yeah, row. Yeah, yeah. But it just didn't take anything for the experience as well. I think it feels a bit more of an intimate yeah, kind of space. Think, Even though it's an arena, it doesn't feel as cavernous. Well, a good example of that would be um, so earlier this year I went to Manchester to see uh, I Can Fire there, mm-hmm. and if anyone's seen on this latest tour, they've sort of they perform in the middle of the um, stay or the middle of the arena with. Um, a boxing ring type stage ah okay and then for anyone I guess which probably listen, but they have been been to the Manchester Arena obviously it's all sort of like sided out and, yeah. and the worst thing it was we actually got lucky we were standing we got lucky and we, we actually picked which we thought might be the front we watched from the front we were really close because oh, we yeah. sort of picked but I then felt really sorry for the people say on the other side of the, the ring yeah there would have been nowhere near that the sort of, except, well the thing is the logic would be that I think you go to a game like the idea of seeing the lead singer don't you know what I mean like, like yeah. the idea of seeing the lead performers so of course you would see the other musicians but they they were your front if you know what I mean and obviously the yeah. lead singer was all around the other side and whatever and it was a great way they staged it but the, the Manchester didn't really lend itself particularly that well to it though if you know no. what I mean this is the thing I think obviously Leeds campaigned hard to get an arena uh, in 2010 it was just Leeds and Bristol in the UK that were major cities that didn't have yeah. an arena which is quite shocking really that it took that long um, but then you think then you think obviously sort of eight years on um, we've got Leeds which is five years old yeah and then in Bristol, for example, with someone I worked, they're still nowhere near building it, and that's quite shocking to me. It's such it? a shame, especially when Bristol's sort of such an up and coming and sort of growing city. Yeah, as well, well, I think any major city like you know Leeds, Bristol, obviously other cities like that, they all should have an arena. You know, it's, they're of a good enough size, a good enough population, and a big enough sort of arts and culture and musical interest yeah. that they should have an arena. So they're like you know their landmark, I guess, for that for that kind of stuff. Yeah, because it does have a knock-on effect when you look at the area around the arena now. I mean, obviously, we know there's development works planned for where the stick and twist, where the spoons yeah, is, and yeah. there's going to be more flats and things down there. But if you look at the Marion Centre, for example, the restaurants that are opening in there and have opened in there, you've got these brilliant international restaurants mm. that are just walking distance from the arena that are obviously all trying to pick up that footfall. The um, announcement last week that um, an all you can eat sushi restaurant's coming, and they've chosen that Marion Centre location because they want because to be near the arena. Football, guess, yeah. yeah, so it's bringing people into that end of town to regenerate, which I think is brilliant, particularly because the Marion Centre might get a bit overlooked sometimes. It's mm. a little bit older, you know, it's known for the Morrisons, and but it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's not shiny trinity, is it? But I think if the arena's bringing that footfall there and they can benefit particularly from like the food and drink scene, I think it's really good for that end of town. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's I think the position is really good. And, and I just like touching on the Bristol stuff, I mean, so I've worked there for about a year and a half, two years, and they're still no nearer now to building it than they were then. And I think the worst thing is actually now from that point of view, and it shows how, obviously I wasn't here at the time when mm. the first time it was built, but it shows how people must have got it right, because yeah. you look at it at Bristol, so basically they had, they had a site all set, that's where everyone was going to go. Mm-hmm. There's a few issues around parking and what have you, but that was where the site was going to go. Yeah. And now, several years down the line, now they're debating whether they should put it in a different space, and now it's just wasted so many millions of pounds. Yeah. And, and, and you know, it's, I mean, obviously, that's a different debate with how much money's been wasted. But you know yourself as a music fan, as a person who likes to go to events, you just want the things to be built so you can see these artists yeah. coming. They're just, they're just wondering what everyone's dragging their heels yeah, for. Exactly. And meanwhile, they're watching all these tours and all these brilliant sort of acts coming over to the UK and they've not been able to get a stake in any of them and you, and you know you s- the venue yet. And you know yourself sometimes, like, okay, certain artists tour quite regularly and you might think, oh, when, when we get it, they might come. But there's yeah. certain one-off artists and tours who don't come back very often. And no, you, like, well, Chris Rock this year, for example. Yeah. Um, he did very few dates um, that were outside of London because that's another yeah. thing getting some of these like bigger big acts out of the capital yeah. is half the battle they yeah, might exactly. do Manchester and Glasgow and maybe Newcastle but having an extra person to come up to Leeds now is brilliant so yeah you need they need that representation in the South West because 
where where are you going if you live on there for an arena gig? I mean, is it is Birmingham the closest? You go it's Cardiff maybe, but Cardiff, Car- uh, yeah, Cardiff, Cardiff. Isn't, isn't massive, massive, but they do have decent access. I guess, You're still looking like, at a couple of hours yeah, in your carriage where yeah. the, there's nothing convenient about it. Not is exactly, there? it's not in your city, is it? No, and that's I think the location of the arena in Leeds is good because it's not far from the train station, not far from the bus station, it's on a route that has that bus access as well. You've got the ring road just behind it. So as much as I mean I know you're all shouting at me right now about how horrible it is getting out of those car parks post gig, but at least you can get onto a main road. You're not having to go away. You're not having to go through the mesh of the city centre to get out. You get out quite quick. Um my mum took my dad to see Rod Stewart for his birthday. That was when I found out my dad even liked Rod Stewart. It was a dark <laughs> horse. Um, but they got just stuck in the car park. You know yeah. the one in the Marion, like um, next to the Marion Centre yeah, that yeah. sells the official arena parking. And they said, yeah, just trying to get that many people out of a single, like out of a multi-story park car park in one go is horrendous. But I mean, what are you going to do? There's unfortunately there's not a great deal of options there. No. And I still think it does offer because obviously you've got the Woodhouse car park as well. Seven and a half thousand parking spaces around the arena apparently, so you're well catered for. Which is not bad when you see the capacity of it as well. Exactly. So there's yeah, that's an issue. But at least, you know, it's in the part of the city where you can get out quite quite quickly. Or just use public transport, that's what I'd say. Yeah, use exactly. the train, stroll down to the train station, jobs are good and no parking. Exactly. Um and Sam, uh interesting with the arena that it seemed like when it was opening a few big artists were sort of competing and fighting to actually yeah. open it well, it's quite cool yes it is definitely I mean the funny sort of line is is that um, the official opening was planned for September 2013 with Sir Elton John which not, not a bad bucket not in the no. slightest absolute legend um, and so that was planned for September but then uh, Bruce Springsteen became available in the July and I think they kind of went well I know we said the official opening was September but we can have Bruce Springsteen and I guess he is like officially the boss as well oh that, so. yeah he's he yeah his word is final yeah. I think and uh, I didn't I didn't go I didn't see either of those gigs unfortunately I have seen Springsteen live at Glastonbury and it was just one of the best things I've ever I, seen I've seen Springsteen once it's, oh, a, it's, it's a very very it's such an experience yeah it's a long show isn't it? oh yeah he knows what he's doing yeah <laughs> it went on for a while um but yeah, so we've had such strong, like I said, the programme's so strong, even for this year. Um, if you go to the Leeds Live, web, Leeds Live website, we've got a list of everything coming up that we're continuously updating. Yeah. And this. Um, I was going to ask as well, Sam, uh, so in your time then, your mm-hmm. favourite show at the arena would be? Ooh. Can I have two? Yeah, of course. Okay, yeah. so, because that's the thing, I've seen two very different things. That's quite so, good for the variety of it. Yeah, the Placebo 20th anniversary tour, because yeah. I love placebo and I'm a, a, obsessed with Brian Molko and we were standing and we were really close and it was amazing and the sound was really good and the atmosphere was really good and yeah it was great um, got to pretend I was 15 again it was lovely uh, but I need to put some credit here also on the Disney on Ice shows that bottom well won't we yeah. yeah I mean it's no secret that I'm a complete Disney nerd <laughs> so it, you know I'm not trying to be cool at all I've given up but um, I've taken my niece and I've been back with my partner since as well and the way they transform the arena just to the way they can just make it in such a different space mm. just made it really good and um, like I said there's no bad seats for it either you know the way they lay it out is fantastic and you know Disney magic on ice skates what more do you want yeah exactly I think I think for me I've not obviously I've not been to probably quite as many shows over a period of time anyway mm-hmm. um, all my shows have pretty much come in the last sort of six seven months or whatever um, I really just before I started here I went to the killers there and they were great and yeah that was cool because I'd seen the Kills before and they, they were a band which I guess I would listen to a lot when I was at college and uni and yeah. stuff like that 
and sort of do like sort of very much a career defining set and still yeah. seem very like very good live that was great and I think one of the good gigs I really enjoyed there even and this is going to be quite obvious in some respects but not when I say like so um, when Noel Gallagher's I find Burst by there a few yeah. months ago I obviously I'm from Manchester but I'm not a huge Oasis fan I, li- I like Oasis but I'm not like, they're not like, they're not like they're not like gods to me if you know what I mean yeah, like that yeah. but, but the show was really good and like I got a bit merry and it was just you know it was such a good sing along he's such like a good live performer exactly. as well and, and I liked the we got we you know we got the Leeds United part of it, which is good. Yeah, don't yeah. mention it to Leeds fans. I don't think he's allowed back. I think we chased out if you tried it again. But, but that's the thing, isn't it? I think with I mean with either of the Gallagher brothers, to be fair, no. I mean Liam's just as bad for running his mouth off, isn't he? You're gonna get a bit of banter. You're gonna get him saying something. I think you go swearing for, a lot, you know, you know shouting at the yeah. audience. He's not bothered. Did he call everyone Geordies at one point? Uh, and another word after that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So it's yeah, very very confused. Liam, uh, sorry, Noel Gallagher trying to. It's hardest to just annoy everybody, which sounds brilliant. And what was cool, because I went, so I went down this week to meet some of the team from the arena and sort of talk about coverage, what we're going to do on these live, and I asked them about what bookings really stood to them, and the, I think the one which really stood came through was which really said, wow, we've made it. I mean, obviously, other than the sort mm-hmm. of opening ones, was um, when Prince came. <gasps> of course. And he said, like, that was like, that was like wow, we've obviously got yeah. something good here, you know? Yeah, we've peaked. Because I think it was like one of two or three shows in the UK I was going to say something. that was another one that was very London centric yeah. wasn't it I think it was in was he in Manchester I think he did play in Manchester didn't he yeah I, I, I know that, like they said that it was a couple of it shows it certainly wasn't a wide tour though it certainly was quite restricted and wasn't it, it? And it was the quite, tickets sold crazy fast and it was quite cool because um, they said that he wanted all the dressing room purple apparently oh my god yeah. I love this I, the biggest thing I'm excited for and I'm really hoping it leaks is uh, Mariah Carey's rider in December yeah one night only bringing Christmas to Leeds Mariah Carey at the arena. I think if you put went last, I'd just be hoping she's on time. To be honest, Ooh, we won't yeah. go down that road too no, much. No, let's not. <laughs> <laughs> let's not jinx everybody that's paid an obscene amount of money for tickets. But yes, just um, in case we haven't mentioned it yet, the official um, fifth anniversary is on July twenty fourth. Lovely, happy birthday to the arena. Indeed, um, and yes, if you want to see more shows coming up at the arena and just general things to do in Leeds, you can consult our. Um, website mm-hmm. leads-life.co.uk yep and we'll have lots on the arena anniversary as well so keep an eye out for that we've got some uh, irons in the fire just to make sure people know how much it's achieved in five years because yep. I still think it's an asset to the city indeed so thank you very much for listening to this week's edition and we'll catch you next time yep see you later good yeah pretty much that. one take as well over the fire alarm <laughs> and the start <laughs>